Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. Today, we are so pleased to have back in our studio Mr. Peter Watts, the co-founder and CEO of Solutionize. Peter, welcome back to the program. Hey, Darrell. Good morning. Thank you very much. You know, we had a very, very uh, extensive discussion about leadership. And last week, we talked about future mapping. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to, to, to pick up on that topic because I have not heard that phrase before. Um, can you share with us where this phrase came from and how you have used it uh, in your current uh, business? Let me, let me take the second question first. Um, how I've used it, in, in, I'm in the technology business and there are new technology products brought out every minute of every day. Some impact existing products, some replace existing products, some displace existing products, some integrate with existing products, some create a whole new paradigm like tablet technology. And what I do every single day is to keep current with the market and, and look at how market shifts may affect my product, my service, my delivery, my price, my competition my uniqueness, my branding, my tagline, even the name of the company. I actually spun off this company from a previous business to give more focus on solution selling because I saw the impact of social networking on business was affecting our previous business. So, Could, could you just go into that a little bit about how the social network was affecting your, your business? Yeah. Um, we had a company called Group Intelligence that we, after I mentioned before, we sold the business to IBM. We sold a web middleware technology to them in 99. We created um, a company in 2000 called Group Intelligence, and its mission was to do two things with the web. One was to help bring customers together in networks. This was before the whole social networking paradigm was developed. And we, at our peak, ran... Um, Eight brand, uh, eight social networks, social business networks for IBM brands, and again at a peak, we hit uh, any one day 100,000 IBM customers online. So we sort of pioneered running networks, social networks for business. It was a consulting business, predominantly. Uh, we we got to run uh, 13 communities at our peak, and. When Facebook became very popular a few years ago, it commoditized our services to the point where um, it was difficult to charge a lot because the theory was that f social networks are free. They're actually not free. Uh, they're far from free. But we were struggling to differentiate our services with the Facebooks because we did managed services, which means there's a bunch of people running them every day and, and adapting them for the needs of the customers. And it's a totally different business model than, than social networks, which get all of their revenue from uh, advertisers. We get all of our revenue from our main clients. So the advent of social networking uh, commoditized our business to the point where we decided to break it out uh, to give it a new focus. And we also broke out our solution selling tools called Solutionize, so that it would be a, a separate business with a separate identity. So our future mapping... I actually put it in a place. We, we saw that 
if we continued providing the same service, it would be commoditized and we'd be fighting for uh, $10 an hour minimum wage services when it should be, uh, and it used to be, uh, considerably different. And I, I use the minimum wage thing not as a pejorative term. It was just that um, th these type of services are very high value. And after a while, customers think that social networking should be free, therefore why pay anything? So we had to future map that uh, substantially. And, and I've done it every, every year of my life in technology. Um, in my 40, um, I've run businesses nearly, nearly 40 years now. And every one of them has been on the lead, leading edge of some technology or another, which always dies over time. So, you know, looking ahead to what, what's going to change in that was a key issue. And where it came about was um, a very interesting uh, story. The, the CEO of AT&T Unix division, I'd mentioned before, uh, Rule Peeper, uh, came up with the term. And we had a joint venture with Rule to, to create a community for the Unix market before the internet. So we were building a sort of private network to do that back in... Uh, 92. Was that using T1 lines to, uh, for the communication? No, it was, it was a, a whole private network that was being okay. built. Um, and the large companies would use T1, but it was um, Fujitsu were actually building a private network for us. Mm -hmm. Now, two things that were interesting. It was such a, a great concept that we got written up in Forbes in 1992. Um, I got interviewed by one of the top analysts in the market, Esther Dyson. Oh yes, I know. I mean, I, I know of Esther. I don't know her, but she's been renowned. In she's the now industry. in space travel. She's <coughs> now dealing yeah. with all this um, intergalactic stuff. She's smart, yeah. good lady. Um, so we had this very innovative venture, and um, Rule launched the venture at the a museum in San Francisco. A very elegant affair. And I was on the stage with Rule. Um, Rule was future mapping so much so that he presented our joint venture. And as I was looking at the slides, I didn't realize it was the business we were working on. He did such a good job projecting its value into the future and projecting an image of what it would be that I didn't even realize it was the <laughs> service we were working on. Seriously. Wow. It took me 15, 20 now, seconds to recognize. Is there a formal course that f or a book someone can read about how to properly future map? No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a question of reading a lot. Mm -hmm. listening a lot, asking mm -hmm. lots of questions, and, uh, and being very open-minded to the answers, not, not going in with prejudged ideas. Mm -hmm. But there was a book I, I read back in uh, 1986 called uh, Marketing High Technology, and it was written by Bill Davidoff, who, who was a legend in the IT industry. Uh, I read it on a plane between Singapore and Manila, and I started to highlight the um, areas of interest to me, and I found I highlighted the whole book. <laughs> so. I got a new copy of it without highlights, and I keep it. And it, it, was, it was written about 1984, and it was talking about solution selling, funnily enough, and it's, which is what got me interested in solution selling. And I'd been selling solutions up to that time. I'd just not given it a title. It wasn't sort of known. Mm. And this book talked about the changes in technology, and it talked about when Intel was number five in the chip market. Now, they're, they're, now, they're number one by a big, big margin today. And this book talked about how Intel uh, future mapped and said, I'm going to become number one. And they did. And it talks about something called Operation Crush, where they decided to crush the competition. Mm -hmm. They put companies out of business. They put Motorola down to number three, I think, at the time. Um, they 
come up with a concept for solution selling that was advanced thinking. And if you go back and read that book today, uh, 30 years later, it's a classic. You realize mm. you can see what's happened. And they projected right. the downfall of a few businesses. Mm -hmm. These other books I've read about, uh, I mentioned uh, Jack Trout and Al Reese last week. They, mm -hmm. they had a famous book called Positioning, and then an, a revision to it called The New Positioning. Mm -hmm. And both of them talked about changes in certain markets, such as Apple's. Apple at the time were very lowly and very small, struggling. Mm -hmm. um, Burger King were competing with McDonald's and they were a distant number two, now they're an equal. So if you read some old books about business, that's the best way of future map is to read what people thought then, see what's happened right. and work out the delta because right. a lot of it's actually common sense and a mm -hmm. lot of the things I, I read about. For example, in 1984, uh, shortly after I moved to the US, um, and the company was pretty successful one year and we got a big bonus. And I remember sitting on the PATH train between the World Trade Center and, and Hoboken with my partner saying, I think I'm going to invest it in Microsoft. And had I done, it would have been worth about 100 million. And I didn't. And um, I didn't future map. I didn't. I talked about it. I knew mm. that PCs would be big. I knew that operating systems would be necessary. I'd grown up in the mainframe world. I still didn't, I didn't future map. I didn't give mm -hmm. it attention. And I think to your point, how do you future map? You really focus mm -hmm. on what on what you think's gonna happen. So take music, for example. Um, when my kids started in the music business, uh, MySpace was big. Mm -hmm. That was their way to go to market. They got a huge number of fans from it. It went, disappeared, they don't have that anymore. And it's a big hole. And I heard Justin Timberlake just bought MySpace two days ago, which... Well, he invested um, a couple of uh, a year ago, so now he's, he's purchased it. Okay. Yeah, in order to turn it into a mm -hmm. uh, what it was before, yeah. mm -hmm. which is really good. He future mapped. Uh, mm -hmm. My kids didn't. They saw MySpace as the way to go to market. They didn't think of it going out of business. It did. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to work out what's important in your business, what's fundamental to your business. Right. And you have to study it and what's going to happen to it and take your heart out of it don't don't listen to your heart mm -hmm. you know because your heart tells you it's going to happen it's going to happen but um you have to really think logically about things and mm -hmm. it's tough to do it's tough to you know i was saying earlier in the last session about difference between um being the subject and the object you have to differentiate the two things you have to say what i'm doing today is one thing what i need to be doing in the future is another thing and they're distinctly different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you almost need to put you know, my, my advice would be write down on one piece of paper what you're doing today uh, in a grid and then put next to it what you think you need to do next quarter, next year, five years' time. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll be amazed. You, you, you already know the answers probably. You just haven't really articulated them. So I think it's deep thought. That's, uh, and that's a key thing. Articulate them and write them down. Yeah, you've got to be able to go back and you've got mm -hmm. to be able to share them with other people. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be prepared to be challenged on it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of, the, one of the best things for me in leadership, Darrell, over the last, uh, God, so many years, um, I've always had a good business partner and um, always had one sort of co-founder with me. And I don't mean it needs to be just one, but my, my success has been with one, generally. And... You need to be able to talk to those people day and night, any time of the day and night. Uh, share your wildest thoughts with you, your enjoyment, the sadness, your frustration, your future mapping, um, a, a compilation of all of your thoughts and have someone that can absolutely respond to you. And, and that helps your future map because 
um, the, the, the right balance of, of partners really allow you to express yourself and not be laughed at because I think a lot of people you know are, are worried about rejection so they tend not to say things that are a bit contentious they're not prepared to challenge themselves um, they don't want to be challenged in public so they tend to say not much mm-hmm. and I think a good partner helps you <coughs> do that and if you can't find a partner that you start the business with find someone on the outside that you can really you trust their judgment like a like a father or a uncle or a good friend's father or a lawyer or a good mentor yeah. a good mentor yeah mm-hmm. you, you, you got to find someone in fact when I over the years um, when I started my first business at 21 um, my first client was Midland Bank and I remember that the IT director at Midland mm-hmm. Bank told me how to write a contract because I had no idea mm-hmm. and I listened carefully wrote it down by hand and mm-hmm. followed his guidance he was my mentor for the next few years when I first moved to the US, a guy called Frank Weinerke became my mentor. He was one of our clients. He knew that we gave good service. He knew we didn't know very much about the market, being um, from the outside, and wanted to make it happen. And people like him and his colleagues became my mentors. So, so I think the formula really for future mapping and, and, and leadership success is to get a good partner, uh, both inside and outside, preferably a client as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Peter Watts, the CEO, the founder and CEO of Solutionize. Peter, let's talk about Solutionize because I, I, I see that we could have a series of discussions because you have so much, we- you have you're a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and so many good uh, actual uh, examples of, of, of leadership. But let's talk about Solutionize. How did Solutionize come about and what does it do? Okay. Um, well, thanks for the flattery. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, they say about the British that you can always sound intelligent when you need to, so maybe that's what I've done today. <laughs> um, Solutionize is a web-based selling platform. It allows um, the organization of a sales kit for any solution that's got multiple components to it so that all of the information is accessible from one web page. So think of a, of a company web page that you can navigate around being personalized for every salesperson, and that's what Solutionize is. It's a personal web page to help a salesperson create an offer to a client of any combination of products and services. It's actually, the, the, the term for it is called mass customization. Mm-hmm. And just as a, by way of understanding the mathematics and the physics of selling, um, if you've got 200 products, the number of combinations of, of number of pairs of combinations out of 200 are 19,500, and the number of unique pairs is half of that. So there's about 10,000 unique uh, pairs that can be created out of 200 products, which means that you need to mass customize the way you sell it and the way you present it and communicate it. So. Solutionize brings together the sales kits for every one of the individual products and services, renders them all on one page, and it allows the salesperson and the customer, or customer team, because most buying is done by teams today. So you have multiple salespeople selling to multiple customers. Um, so for the maybe 10 people involved in a sales situation, or up to 10, it allows them all to be on the same page, but very, very, very simply. And it's taken me 12 years to work out how to say that simply. And it used to be far more complex. And (laughs) the way it came about was um, 
the, the first business I had for 20 years was a systems integration business, and we used to build custom systems for companies like um, Goldman Sachs, like Citibank, um, Gulf Oil, Shell Oil, IBM, build very big systems, and they all require multiple products and services. And someone has to sell all that stuff, you know. So we, we used to be on the front line selling mm -hmm. those type of big engagements to customers. And we'd walk around with files and, and documents and brochures, and that used to be our sales kit. And as the web moved on, we decided that we'd use the web to bring all of that information together. So that what you can do, for example, today, you can, um, you can share a sales kit with one click. And that click gives you access to that organized sales kit that might contain multiple PowerPoints, spreadsheets, web links, videos, brings it all together on one page. So it's a very um, sort of slick and, and it allows a sales guy to sit, or a salesperson to sit in front of a client, either at long distance on, on a PC or face to face on a tablet, um, pick and mix the, the, the products and services that are suitable for that customer, bring it into a sales kit and allow that sales kit to be shared and reused with one click. And we say, um, so that solutions are just one click away. And, and so it, it, it ensures that, uh, for management, it, it's, it's a great tool that ensures that the salesperson is going to provide the customer with a correct proposal. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and correct being the operative word, um, one of the biggest problems in our industry, in the IT technology market, are selling solutions that don't work. And um, on my advisory board, there's two uh, esteemed gentlemen called uh, Danny Toronto and uh, Al Gabord. Um, one was a sales executive for Oracle 30 plus years ago. One was a big client at Timeplex. Danny sold Al a quarter of a million dollars worth of software that didn't work uh, because it was on the price list but didn't work. And, and Danny went to great lengths to make sure it did work. Al lost his job over it. Um, he ev Danny eventually sold the same software to Al two years later when it did work. And it's all in a book actually called, uh, it's about Larry Ellison, this book. It's called What's the Difference Between God and Larry Ellison? Uh, <laughs> God doesn't think he's Larry Ellison. Is the, is the book. Um, and it was true. Uh, he, they sold software that didn't work. And today people sell projects that didn't work, particularly in, in the healthcare market. There's some examples of $10 billion projects that have gone wrong. Um, uh, what famous one in the UK right now with the Department of Health and mm -hmm. Social mm -hmm. uh, Services. $10 billion with Accenture and EDS just went wrong. They have a number of government contracts here that have gone wrong with the Navy. And it's because there's no simple way to communicate uh, between buyer and seller as to what who's selling what, what the commitment is, and who's buying what. So Solutions was designed from years of experience of presenting information to customers in a, in a sort of disparate form. And then secondly, looking at leveraging the web. And thirdly, working, um, trying to get other people to sell my software in, in the market, so supply chain partners, uh, very badly. It was very, very complex to do. So it came about to solve those sort of problems, get all of the information on one page, help partners sell together, and for everyone to understand the commitment. And that, that accelerates the whole life cycle of a sale, basically. You know, because uh, I've seen a demo of Solutionize. It's extremely impressive. Uh, one of the features that seems so simple, but it's so important, is that when you have multiple vendors working together, 
there's a, a chat room where someone can say, okay, I got my piece done. Uh, how's your piece coming? Or uh, they might have a question about that. And immediately they can communicate with the, the partner. Yep, and, and an important qualifier on that is contextually because um, you know, communications today is all about context. And uh, what Solutionize allows you to do, as, as good websites do, is to provide contextual communication. And one of the problems with a lot of websites today is, is that there's no real context. So you can go onto it, you get lost very quickly. It doesn't keep you engaged, it doesn't personalize it, it doesn't provide context. And without context, you can't really communicate. You actually end up um, prolonging the sales cycle rather than reducing it. So yeah, we've got a, a chat room that sort of contextually links people to the products and services being sold and the overall solution that's being constructed. And how does that help uh, leadership, management leadership in managing their business? Well, there's a few ways it helps leadership. Um, Number one, as a sales leader, it, it allows for them to be part of every sales pitch that's going on at any one time. So they can see at a glance every one of these um, sales kits that are being organized on a web page. Number two, there's great analytics that come from it. So the, the analytics allow you to understand what salesperson is presenting which product, at which service, at which time, to which client. And that's incredibly valuable. If um, you know, Darrell, you run, you've run very large sales organizations in the past, much bigger than mine. I think you were saying $380 million, one of the ones you ran. Mm-hmm. Within that, you've got hundreds of salespeople making hundreds of pitches about random number of products and services. And what Solutionize allows you to do is, is get the statistics from that as to who's selling what, when, why. Right. right. That's a huge leadership value. It's a huge marketing value. In fact, we're working with a group called the CMO Club which is the Chief Marketing Organization Club. There's 800 large companies in it, and uh, what we're doing is a subject of a big debate and discussion that we're uh, involved in that I'm sort of uh, helping steer with one of our advisory board members who's on the board there. And it's, uh, she, she actually defined it as H-commerce, human commerce, because it actually is doing, for the, it's doing for human sales what the web does for tracking market behavior. But also, it, I mean, a lot of a lot of companies I find are not putting the necessary time and training to their salespeople. So it's not that Solutionize is going to solve that issue, but it's going to at least ensure that the customer is getting a proper proposal. Yeah, uh, th- th- there's there's many sides to leadership. You know, there's leadership inside the buyer organization, and and Solutionize helps them understand exactly what's being proposed. Um, we're dealing with it. Siemens in Austria a year ago and, and one of the things that interested them but being German helps this thinking actually um, it allows the company to audit what the salespeople are presenting to customers um, all of the time and you know if, well, if today I propose X tomorrow X plus the day after I propose X plus plus Solutionize allows you to track those three versions so that um, there's no surprises, basically. So there's a lot of leadership benefits both in, you know, to the sales organization and the buying organization. And in fact, um, we're introducing it to a large association currently in the government with um, thousands of uh, government departments. And um, 
thousands of vendors selling into them to try and make uh, efficient markets. So the net of what we're doing is to create um, what we call efficient solution marketplaces to help, you know, the big mission is to help the buy and sell process of solutions. And, and Peter, we've talked about your experience, your background. How would you describe your leadership style? I think I certainly lead from the front. Um, I've funded all of the business that I've founded, so that's uh, that in itself is a characteristic because not all leaders do that. Most uh, many leaders look for other people to fund their um, their attempts into the market. So I'd say it's confidence. Um, I put my money where my mouth is, um, which is a lot harder sometimes. To, than you think to do it. Uh, it's easy to talk about it, it's tougher to do it. And it's really lead from the front, and, and most importantly is collaborative. I, I spend a lot of time with everybody. I talk to everyone, either in my clients or my team, regardless of the level. I talk to them all the same. I talk to them in the same tone, the same mm -hmm. sense of decency, and I try and um, get them to engage in discussion about the subject I'm interested in, which is my business. So um, it's selfishly collaborative. You know, but but with the goal of uh, there's a there's a great term this give to get. IBM. I first heard this when I when we were involved with IBM. Uh, give to get as a marketing term, meaning you have to give customers something to get something back. And I think um, I'd probably describe my my leadership style as give to get because I like to give something first before I ask for something back. And that way I learn. And um, who are some of your heroes? And that, that you have said, you know what, this person's a great leader and, and, and I, I, I want to follow some of their, if not all of their characteristics. I think Churchill, uh, without a doubt, is my, probably my overall favorite because he's been great in wartime and in peace, done a lot for society, introduced national insurance to a poor country at the time after the war when they needed it. And he did a great job leading 24 seven, um, against a uh, few few tough battles over the years. So he's definitely one. Um, there's a lady I recently met called Margaret Michael, who runs um, a not-for-profit organization in New York City to help provide home care for terminally ill children. And she started it 30 years ago uh, when she had a, a child. 30 that was, years, wow. Yep. And uh, they've got 47,000 feet in an office in New York City. There are 200 caseworkers trying to treat 4,000 terminally ill children. Wow. Most of whom live on the poverty line. Um, she's in there 24-7 and she cares about the kids. And I think that's the leadership. I'm out on Friday and we're doing some work mm -hmm. with my band and mm -hmm. kids to, to help. And I'm doing some things to try and help her raise some money. Um, her leadership style is great because she focuses on helping the kids. That's it. Her mission is to that's help it. the kids. That's it. So real simple. Um, and there's some obvious business leaders that I think are... Um, are very successful. There's a guy who was the coach to UCLA basketball team for 30 years. Uh, John, John Wooden. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't remember his name, but yeah. but he, he led from the front but, um, mm -hmm. and and crafted some highly talented people into a unit every every year. Mm -hmm. And I think that to me is great leadership. I think sports. Um, a friend of mine in the UK wrote a book recently about the analogy between sports leadership and business leadership. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of team leaders. Phil Jackson's another guy that oh, comes yes, to mind, you know? Yeah. Sacred Hoops. Yeah. I've I, I read that book, yeah. And what they do, the way they do it, year in, year out, different people every mm -hmm. year, different audiences, they future map. Mm -hmm. They know which guy's going to be 
have bad knees next year and right. deal with it, uh, which guy's got ego and work around it. So right. there's, there's some examples. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter, believe it or not, we are out of time. Again. I mean, these, these two weeks of interviews, wow. It's been, been awesome. We're going to have to have you back on the program because there's so much more to talk about. But ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Peter Watts, the founder and CEO of Solutionize. Peter, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you very much, Terrell. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, remember this broadcast can be reheard on iTunes U uh, under Leadership in Seton Hall University. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, Seton Hall University. And remember, streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.